Hello and welcome to Masterpiece Audio Theatre. I am your host, Sir Hector Stewart. Joining me on the panel today, we have Tom Later. Say hello, Tom. Well, howdy. We have the enforcer himself, Menchek Majenovic. Allegedly. You sound like mob boss when you say this. I assure you, I had no intention. Mob boss is bullshit. Ahem. I should keep that in mind. Also joining us, we have Bob. I hate everything McGruff. I'm wounded. There's plenty of things I like. A rousing round the golf, the skull of a bagpipe, a fresh juicy haggis. Just nothing you lot do. I'm sure. Returning yet again from intensive therapy, Smee will also be joining us. This is the first step in a long recovery. Well, hello there, Sir Hector. I would just like to say that I didn't find anything special in what you just said right now. Nothing at all. It was empty and meaningless. Okay, and last but not least, the man running the board, Jay Langjans. Hi, everyone. Glad to be here. Hey, Sir Hector, your phone screen's on. Is that Hieronimo? Uh, um... Yes, I almost forgot. We've got a slight problem. Mummy had a chat with me last night, and I promised to let Hieronimo have a spot in the show again. I knew this was a bullet I could not dodge forever. I am pushing the limits of the agreement here, so we shall see how this goes. Hieronimo, you're on. Finally, can you all hear me now? Being on mute is so insulting. Glad to be here, Jay. Really, thanks for answering. Hey, I'm not part of this. I had no idea you were calling in. I'm sure you were all having a laugh at me before you started recording. I know it. Look, Geronimo, just say hello and we can move on with the show. Fine. Hi, everyone. See how they marginalize me. Thank you, Hieronimo, and mute. Ladies and gentlemen, the audiobook we are reviewing today is The Blade Itself, written by Joe Abercrombie and narrated by Stephen Pacey. It was 22 hours and 15 minutes in length, and it was published by Orion Publishing Group. I shall read the book jacket for this episode. Inquisitor Glockter, a crippled and bitter relic of the last war, former fencing champion turned torturer, is trapped in a twisted and broken body. Not that he allows it to distract him from his daily routine of torturing smugglers. Nobleman, dashing officer, and would-be fencing champion Captain Giselle Dan Luther is having a life of ease by cheating his friends at cards. Vain and shallow, the biggest blot on his horizon is having to get out of bed in the morning to train with obsessive and boring old men. And Logan Ninefingers, an infamous warrior with a bloody past, is about to wake up with plans to settle a blood feud with Bethod, the new king of the Northmen, once and for all, ideally by running away from it. But as he's discovering, old habits die hard, especially when Byers gets involved. An old man with a terrible temper and a pathetic assistant. He could be the first of the Magi, he could be a spectacular fraud, but whatever he is, he's about to make the lives of Glockter, Giselle and Logan a whole lot more difficult. And there we have it. I think we'll have Hieronimo go first. Hieronimo? He's still muted, Sir Hector. Oh, right. Honestly, that nerve. I can't believe it. I deserve so much better than this. I'll make him... We can hear you now. (laughs) Figure out your deck, brother. Mummy won't stand for this. This book, it's so violent. I love it. (laughs) The characters just take you in and Stephen Basie makes them so real. I also think... No, 
I know what you mean. Even Forley the Wakest was memorable. Every time I listen to one of Joe's stories, I get swept up like a tin roof in a twister. I just love the heroes like Rudd Three Trees and the Dog Man, and of course you can't forget Logan Ninefingers. I'll give you that the narration is amazing, but the story was too bloody long. I got so bored with it, I needed a nap, which I'm sure the editor of this book must have been doing. They could have cut out a hundred or two hundred pages or so, and it wouldn't have made a difference. You take that back, you ornery cuss, or we're going to have ourselves a showdown right now. Two men facing off in the street at high noon. We should be doing no such thing. Tom, control yourself, or you will be rotated out. I think we can agree there is no better voice to narrate these books. Mr. Pacey is superb. Glockter gives me the shivers, makes him my favorite character. He reminds me of real torture I maybe or maybe not know. Your previous life sounds like it must have been very interesting. Well, it was not a PG-rated movie, that much I can tell you. Allegedly. Maybe it was even X-rated. <laughs> Allegedly. Ye perverts make me sick! You have a dirty mind, angry little man. Alleged X would be for violence. Oh, like that's so much better, you hairy great freak! Gentlemen, please, I fail to understand what any of this has to do with the audiobook. Back to your statements, Menchik. Truly. If you have not heard of Stephen Pacey, go out and find more of his work. You will not be disappointed. It's not just Stephen, though. These books are all extremely good. The best fantasy, in my opinion, that's out there. There are three books in a separate set. Those ones follow Carl Shivers and Monza Mercato, The Snake of Talons. And those are narrated by someone else. And they're almost as good. The only thing missing from them is Stephen Pacey. Ah, my apologies, everyone. It appears as though I had hung up on Hieronimo. Are you serious? I was in the middle of a sentence and then nothing! A simple mistake, I swear. Like I'm stupid enough to believe that. Wouldn't I miss one, you lot blood at all? You're very hard to understand, but you have missed the whole thing. We're voting. Uh, what's your score? This is intolerable. I vote... Hurry, I think we're losing you. I vote a nine for narration and a ten for story. I think that I... You there? I'm still here. Can't you hear me? I can't hear him. Anyone else? No, I am not hearing anything. I'm still here. Don't hang up. I'll move for better reception. I think we've lost him. Oh, well. Right. Now that we have that out of the way, where were we? Uh, how about we talk about ultimate mob boss? Not bullshit like clothes your brother wear. I am talking true power. You mean Bethold? No, not Bethold. He is bullshit. I am talking about Baez, first of the Magi. He is true power. You're daft. Hey, it's just a meddlesome old man. No, he is nothing like you. <laughs> you got burned there. High five, Menchik. This is not something I do. But thank you for acknowledgement. Well, I never. Sir Hector, are you just going to sit there on your backside and let them insult me like this? Pardon? I wasn't listening. My meddlesome old man filter was on. What? You don't, don't believe it! Right, moving on. 
My ass is totally the biggest mob boss. Bethan ain't just bullshit. His son's, on the other hand, the great wolf. What a loser. But I'm getting ahead of myself in this book. For an introductory book into an amazing series, this one hooks you from the beginning like a catfish on a lure. Like others have said, you got great characters, named men leading countless battles and surviving incredible hardships. Just so real and raw, no punches pulled. The evil is real evil. And there's very little good. But you start rooting for them is written in a way that you see their side of things and you understand why they done what they done. I know what you mean. I'm with Menchek on Glockter being one of my favorite characters. Though he is a monster and clearly evil, you understand and want him to succeed. As for Archlector Salt, I don't think you find sympathy anywhere for him. Giselle was a bleeding waste of time in my opinion. I actually wanted him to die. Hell, I wanted the whole lot of them to die. I was so involved with Logan's men that I didn't want any of them to die. My heart would be racing every time they were in danger. The narrator made it so real for me, like I forget it's being read to me. It's like it's happening in my mind. And I, and I, Tom, you are rambling a tad. Sorry, Sir Hector. It's just, uh, it's just hard not to ruin it for the listeners. I want to say so much, but I can't. I feel your pain, Tom. Sir Hector, maybe we should move on to the voting from here. First, please refrain from telling me how to run my show. Second, for just this once, I'll agree with you. I find myself having trouble not spoiling the experience. You're all lunatics! Barely one bray between the lot of you! Sticks and stones, Bob, sticks and stones. All right, at this time we'll move on to the voting. Bob, let's get you out of the way first. Please pass your judgment. Look, the lie you have this mistaken impression that I hate bloody everything. Well, that's just simply not true. For example, the narration in this book was almost perfect, and it it's an eight out of ten for me. I am speechless, Bob. Then why are you interrupting me? Right. As for story, I'll give it a six out of ten. And here I had hopes this would have earned your highest praise. But I see that is not going to happen. Tom, why don't you go next? Well, Sir Hector, I'm sure you and the listeners all know that I'm in love with this story and its telling. I'm giving it a ten out of ten for both. And I'd give it an eleven or a twelve if I could. That would be chaos, Tom. Utter madness. Menchek, your turn. I think for Glockter's voice alone, narrator gets 9 out of 10. As for story, there is none better in these selected books. I give perfect score, 10 out of 10. Thank you, Menchek. Smee, I see that you have your hand up. Care to go next? Why, thank you. This is one of the best, if not the best, books we've listened to. So I am giving it a 10 out of 10. The narration was also excellent, Glockter being the best, so I give the narrator a 9 out of 10. Writing that down, wait a minute, you just repeated what Menchek said. I did not, I started with the writing. Semantics. Gentlemen, please, we're almost done here, let's not start fighting again. Jay, please, pass your judgment. Well, Sir Hector, I said it before, this is by far one of my favorite fantasy series, and Joe is one of my favorite authors. I'm giving Stephen a 10 out of 10 for narration, and I feel that's well-deserved. The story is going to get a 9 out of 10 for me from the books, but if you included it with the entire saga, it's more like a 9.5. <laughs> While I have similar sentiments, I will not break the rules of this show for one book series. I, too, am very pleased that this is on our list this year. All of it is so well done, and it makes for a wonderful tale. I am not sure how he makes death and carnage so intriguing, but he does. I give the narration a 9 out of 10, and the story a 10 out of 10. Well, that's the same score as Menchek, too. Why isn't anybody complaining about your scores? 
because I'm always original. Now, I should tally up our scores here for an overall total. Ah, there we are. Looks as though we have a pair of the highest scores we have yet awarded this holiday season. 9.2 out of 10 for the pair of them. We as a group would like to strongly recommend this audiobook. This and the others in the series are exceptional. They are kilometers better than those George R. R. Martin books, though we like them as well. Just be warned that once you start, it will take going back to the mud to stop you from finishing it. That is all we have for this eighth day of the Dog Days of Advent, so from all of us here at Masterpiece Audio Theatre, we wish you a good Good evening and a good night. You have been listening to Empath Studios' presentation of Masterpiece Audio Theatre. This special edition is for the Dark Days of Advent. This episode was written by J.G. Lenjance and Gary Buzzard. Sound clips are from GarageBand and they can be found in their samples library. We found at nimlast.org or you can email us at j at jglinegems.com this podcast is released under a creative commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives 4.0 unported license thanks for joining us